Call from mom. Answer it. Call silence. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Today's episode with Kristen and Jocelyn, I think is a really good one. We get to talk about parenting teenagers a lot, um, about parenting in the pandemic, about mine still having not listened to their episode in their resilience-based parenting series, about needs, about um, your rights, your responsibilities, and your privileges uh, as a person in this household and what they are. Um, I think I learned a lot in this episode, particularly that I may have been relaxing my boundaries to the point where my kids may be running all over me a little bit. So I'm going to start trying to reel some boundaries back in. And I really appreciate their advice and insight always. Um, if you're interested in their parenting series, it's at mcdermottmethod.com slash WOTP. And um, there, I don't know if there's a scholarship still available, but I did uh, put two Wife of the Party scholarships on their website. So check it out. It is a parenting series. That's a 10-minute audio lesson once a week with a 10-minute exercise. And then a self-care little episode that comes on Sundays. They come out on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. Super small bites, easy to chew. I love this parenting series. I've learned about myself, my marriage, my relationships, my friendships, and my relationships with my kids. I think this is an amazing parenting series. We don't really talk about this in this episode, but I'm so excited about the content that they've presented. It's just so great. So if you're interested, check it out. Again, mcdermottmethod.com slash W-O-T-P, W-O-T-P. If you haven't, oh, I didn't wear them. If you haven't checked out the Machine and the Mechanic house shoes, please do so at freewaters.com. They make these house shoes that we bought last year And they are my most favorite house shoes. They have an arch support. They have a sole on them. So you can walk your dogs in them or take out the trash. And they're really warm and very comfortable. And they were kind enough this holiday season to make a special edition set of the machine and the mechanic. And the insole of the machine has Bert riding a surfboard in a Speedo. And the insole of the mechanic has my logo, which is me in tree pose juggling all the things that I juggle. You've probably seen it if you've been to my website or seen any of my video clips. But they're awesome shoes. And, you know, Bert and I don't, we don't really talk about things that we don't really, really like. So uh, I bought these shoes last year for everybody for Christmas and I'm buying them again this year for everybody for Christmas because they are just the best house shoes ever. They upgraded last year's version to uh, make the machine and the mechanics. So again, go to freewaters.com. If you are interested in buying um, machine and mechanic house shoes, they're awesome. Thank you so much for coming back every week. Thank you for um, listening to my little podcast that I love so much and enjoy. And I've learned so much through. Um, I appreciate all the emails. I read every single one of them. I don't always get to respond to them, but I read every single one of them. So thank you very much for emailing me. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Kristen and Jocelyn. 
you look so pretty in your rust color. Oh, thank you. I like your Guns N' Roses t-shirt. Oh, Let's see. oh nice. Okay. I literally just, well, you can't tell, <laughs> just finished Drop Squad. Literally just now. So I'm sweaty. I'm gross. I put some. Hey, what is it called? Drop Squad, baby. What is that? That's my workout team. Well, that's so cool. Yes, we named ourselves Drop Squad because I dropped 20 pounds in like four months. Oh my gosh. So um, we're Drop Squad. So we Drop Squad Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And I was like, yes, I can Drop Squad and then podcast right away. So I don't look my usual beautiful self. You look adorable. Well, (laughs) except for my skunk. You see my skunk? Oh, yeah. I don't look at me either. I have the same thing. Uh, Yeah. I just have so many highlights now, so you can't, it's harder to see. (laughs) I wish I looked good as a blonde. I don't look good as a blonde washes me out and I have to wear makeup. And I just choose to get my hair done every four weeks as opposed to wear makeup every day. So I can't do blonde. I've tried actually. You have? Yes, I have. Every time I look like the walking dead, like every (laughs) time I've had it like, brunette with blonde highlights i've had it you know blonde uh and everything in between it just doesn't work red works for me though i can do red oh i bet yeah red i can do blonde no bueno how it just seems hard like i feel like i would spend it would just be hard to be blonde why a lot of maintenance a lot of maintenance i think it's more maintenance to be brunette when you're gray Um, definitely that's the only reason i did this i used to be really (laughs) dark-headed I was yeah. born dark headed, but then it's like every three weeks you have to dye your stupid gray. It's just annoying. Oh, I this see. Is about yeah. Four weeks. You see, and yeah. I don't know if you really see my skunk, but it's about four weeks growth and I should have gotten it done last week. So yeah. I'm going to tell you guys that I went over to, um, just dyeing my hair on my own. Mm-hmm. I just buy it from the grocery store and I buy the cheap stuff and I do it whenever I want and I will never go back. Yeah. Because it's cheap. You get it done whenever you need it. It doesn't take much time. It took a little beautiful. while to like figure out what color I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and your hair has dimensional color to it too. It's not just one flat color. I mean, listen, I'm killing it with the at-home thing. Although I haven't done it in a while, but. Well, there's your side hustle, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody needs a good side hustle. You can just uh, start dyeing hair out of your garage. Dyeing people's hair. <laughs> You get on the treadmill, play with a kitten. <laughs> no Wait, one Leanne, wants me to do you've that. You've changed your background. You decided to just go with the burnt background. Oh, you love that? It was not up to me. Sexy <laughs> man. So I wish you could see. I should pick up the computer and show you the reverse of this room. Um, this room is a disaster. And Bert just got home. He just got home like four days ago. And where I usually podcast in this room is undoable. Like it would take mm-hmm. me 25 minutes to get it set up. So this is where he podcasts because of this lovely item. Oh, because he, so he likes to show himself that way. That's always his background. Uh, what do you think? Uh, yeah, like that totally makes that sense way? to me. Yes. <laughs> so I, I walked in this morning before Drop Squad and went, oh, forget it. I'm just, he just, he's just going to be on the podcast today like this because I can't deal with He's got a backpack. I can see one, two, three, four half full beverages in glasses, two candles, some bubble wrap, a book, some packaging. Looks like a tripod. There's a statue of a bull, which is super 
normal, I guess, all on this one table. And that's just what I can see from here. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm not one that can just take that pile and put the pile over here. I need to, like, put the pile up. Like, if you're going to touch it, you may as well put it up. But I get so resentful that I have to put up that pile, but I just won't do it. I'm like, it's not my Screw it. That makes sense. Well, the background is good. Yeah. Sexy. My children are here and I've told them to go do their thing, but I guarantee they're going to make an appearance and I'm going to be happy to point the, the background out when I'll they just do. keep my head here. But, uh, <laughs> that makes it even funnier. <laughs> Maybe I go up like this and go. So anyway, well, <laughs> they've met Bert. So I think they, they go like this make sense to them. Should I cover it in a sheet? A bandana? No, Leanne, no, it's no. Bandana, like this. No. <laughs> I have to tell you, so I remember Kristen sent me once something, some like funny video. I think it was a dog and there was a person, you know, talking for the dog. And Kristen was like, don't play this when your kids are around because it's not appropriate for kids. And I watched it and was like, hey, kids, come here, come here. That's so true. You know what? I get so many emails. So I wanted to bring my eight-year-old to Bert's show. Is that allowed? And I'm like, uh, allowed or okay? I would never. Who talks about blowjobs? Every other word is a blowjob joke. Why would you bring an eight-year-old? Like, we started watching The Cabin with Isla. And I don't know if you've seen it, but the first episode, Joey Diaz starts talking about sex after oh, you're sorry. married and how it's not doesn't happen anymore like you want to spit on her feet and drag her by the hair around the back you know just like what you used to do and now you don't get anything and i was like oh my god <laughs> oh my god and it was like fast forward fast forward fast forward because that's her uncle joey she knows him as uncle joey he comes to easter and christmas eve and with his family and he doesn't talk like that in front of her and I was like, people's kids are watching this. And he's talking about like spitting on a woman's feet before he has sex with them. It's so confusing. <laughs> Why people let their kids watch this stuff? But I, I don't go that far. So we were going to have a day drinking podcast today. And then everybody's yeah. <laughs> day got slammed and we got sh- shoved down to like 9 a.m., which is not appropriate for day drinking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Guys. Unless you're in St. Bart's or something, but like. <laughs> right. A little too early. Here's my day drink. Ready? But I know. Here's my day water. drink. So we'll save our fun combo. Not that we don't have fun combo. So I wanted to talk to you about, um, unless you had an agenda. Do you have an agenda? No. Uh-uh. What do you do when you, your teenager has a friend that's not a good influence? This is such a good question. With parents who have a different value system. Right. What do you do? I mean, you know me, I always bring it back to the same thing, but I feel like that's like one of those perfect examples where you're so much better off starting with a curiosity-based conversation than trying to shove your agenda down your kid's throat because you know they're just going to resist. And yeah, we're all human beings. Like when someone's trying to control us, we resist, especially about our friends. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, I always feel like just starting a conversation about that. Like, do you ever notice, you know, some friends 
bring out different behavior than others. You feel safer around others. Like, you know, do you, what's your criteria for who you spend time with? And, you know, because a lot of kids don't actually realize that who you spend time with literally shapes your life. Absolutely. And like, as you become an adult, you know, your network, it's like the mo- not even just your social, just for friends and support, but then your network becomes so important to your career. Um, right. So, I mean, I would start with, I mean, everyone's different, right? You have a really good relationship with your kids. So you guys already have a foundation for being able to have real conversations about things like that. For someone mm-hmm. who's like never had a conversation like right. that with their kids, then you got to think like, well, where do you start? That's not going to just seem totally weird, right. you know, but yes. I have done that. I have had, I have had conversations with uh, my teenager about curious conversations and also direct conversations like this is our value system. This seems to be what's happening over there. They don't mm-hmm. line up. So this makes it difficult for me to parent. So mm-hmm. I have to trust you to an extent. But in a certain times, I have to pull the mom card and go, nope, not happening. And you're just going to have to kind of trust me because, because I am an adult and you are still a child. And I, it's my job to know when it's too much is too much. But man, I tell you what, it's really hard to watch her walk out the door and go to a house where you know that things are not happening the way you want and just trust that she's going to make a good decision and hope that hope that it's okay. It's really difficult. But the way you say that to me is that where all the power in this conversation lies is like, say that to her, that exact thing that you just said. It's like, cause you are trusting her. You're letting her walk out that door and it's, but you're doing it. So that way, when you do pull the mom card, you're going to be like, look, this is a two-way thing. Like I'm trusting you. And then sometimes you have to trust me. It's, it's, we're just right. not always going to be on the same page. Right. And the thing that comes up for me is that I think it's really important to talk to her, like whatever your concerns are, I'm sure you have like in your head, kind of a ticker tape of this might happen, this might happen, this might happen. Talk to her ahead of time about what her plan is for when that happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just a good skill overall. Like there's going to be a day when our kids get offered drugs and they want to do it mm-hmm. or they get offered alcohol and they want to do it. And having that conversation ahead of time, like, what are you going to do when this situation is in your life? Then they can go through and go, oh, okay, you know, here's my plan. What are your things? What are your fears about what's going to happen? Um, well, <laughs> not to disclose too much, but um, there's just a lot of... Um, I, I'm a, there is, there's a young lady in the group that doesn't belong to this household that is, um, is using marijuana. And I know that she's bringing it with her. And I know that in this household, that's like, they're teenagers, you know, yep. not coming from that household. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I'm like, no, actually that's illegal <laughs> at 16. That's illegal. I don't care who you are. I, if the ethics or the health concern of, of drugs is not an issue off the table. It's illegal. And I can't condone illegal activity. If it's stealing, if it's driving before you're old enough and have a license, if it's, um, you know, 
fraud, whatever. I can't condone any illegal activity. That's kind of been the the parenting hook I've hung my coat on because, you know, we've already had conversations about how you shouldn't do drugs until your brain is developed and your brain is growing and how it's not good for you and how maybe that's masking other problems. If you're trying to escape to why are you wanting to do drugs? Are you just doing it because other people are, what's the motivation? And, and uh, we've had a myriad of conversations for many years about why not to do drugs and stuff. Um, and I'm not saying that that's happened in my house, but I'm saying that there is a place where my kid goes all the time where that is kind of very relaxed and that makes me nervous. So, I mean, I had that in my own life too. And I think that's actually pretty common now where like we were super hard, like hard line in the sand about pot. And there are so many parents of who I like, who's our parents of my kids, friends who just think it's perfectly fine. Right. So, I mean, we had to have like super clear boundaries and consequences Mm -hmm. and, and it's really hard to do that. Right. Because I'm like, not. I am not a really controlling person, but yeah, if I say that I mean something, you, you know, you have to mean it when you yeah. say it. Right. So, I mean, first of all, I've had this conversation so many times about like, what do you think that daughter, like really, like w- when she really digs into that conversation, does she want it? Like, where do you think she stands on like wanting to do it, thinking you're too strict? Like, you know, where do you think she is on it? Um, I think. I think she thinks that other mom is super cool and we are big fat sticks in the mud. That's, that's my issue is that she's going, but that mom is so cool and laid back. And I'm like, but that mom is breaking all our rules. And I don't really know how to deal with that to separate because part of me feels like it's not fair to separate her from her friends. She has genuine friendships that have nothing to do with this issue. They, mm-hmm. they, they ride bikes, they have a great time and they have really genuine, you know, they go read tarot cards and they go to like crystal shops and they thrift and they have a, a full friendship. This is just one little bitty kernel. So I'm not saying that's the only thing that's going on in her group of friends. That's totally not true, but I just, my radar goes up because they're always there. Mm -hmm. Why are they always there? There's lots of people in this. I've offered to host many times. They don't want to come here. Um, So that makes me suspicious. So what is your consequence if you bust her? It's a good, good, good question. Uh, I don't know. Take her car. (laughs) It's a good question. I mean, it's a good question. Well, that because you, you always think you have to think of a natural consequence that makes sense, right? Right. I feel like we talked about this one other time on your show regarding my son, but because my first one, but because I had just said like one of the main reasons that I don't like pot when you're that age, you can do whatever you want once you are not like my <laughs> charge, you know. <laughs> but it's because I feel like you know you need to be paying attention. You need to be figuring out how do you cope with things that get tough, you know, not just checking out all the time. And, um, but also like we were paying a lot of money to send that child to private school. Mm. And I just think if you, if we're going to invest that much in your education, if you're smoking pot, you are not showing up a hundred percent. You're just, you're just not in my opinion. So I, that was like the one for us, which was a huge one. 
But we were like, if you're just going to fight with us and tell us right now that you don't agree with this value, then let's just leave this school, save us a lot of money. And we're still not going to feel good about it, but it's like the one thing that makes sense to us that you can understand, like the trade-off that you're making. And by the way, public school is fantastic. Like it's, it's great. It's just, this is like the one thing I want you to be like a hundred percent there for it. Now that's not the right thing for everyone, right. but it was terrifying for him. Right. He was like, you're going to take me away from all my friends or whatever. And then I had to mean it, which is horrible. Yeah. That's the other it, side of the coin. You know, it was tested. Yeah. Like you can't say it if you don't mean it, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mean that. So I'd have to find some other. Right. So that's what you got to find. Like, what is it? I have a bunch of um, a couple actually of dads who I thought was interesting. It was actually the fathers who were the hardcore ones in their families. These kids played soccer with one of my sons and they decided to institute that we can drug test whenever we want. Now, they actually never intended to do it. But they basically said to their kids, I mean, we can do it. And if we think you need to, we will. But tell your friends that we're crazy. Tell your friends that we're so crazy that we drug test you and that there's a really huge consequence. And then it like sort of takes it off your kid because your kid thinks you have these crazy psycho parents who will do this horrible thing, like take you out of school. Right, right. I can do that. (laughs) <laughs> that I can do. Mental torture, I can do that. <laughs> no, but that that was a real threat. I would I would totally follow through with that. I just have to figure out what the consequence would be if it were a positive test. Because right. it, it would not be pulling her out of private school. That, right. that doesn't work for us, but maybe it would be taking her car away. Um, because she drives herself everywhere now. Well, not that she's going But then are you gonna get stuff driving her? Like that? No, she goes nowhere. There's nowhere to go. She doesn't need to go. But to like, school. how does she get to? Oh, you're right. She doesn't need to get to school right now. Yeah. So she wouldn't. She's driving to her friend's house, you know, or she's that's what she's doing. She's driving to see her friends and she has several groups of friends. There's there's not like, you know. And I mean, that's a really good one. If you're not responsible enough to follow a law that is going to get you in a lot of trouble, if you break it, you are not responsible enough to drive a car like that's a good Mm-hmm. Consequence. The other thing that comes up for me though on this is also like I have conversations sometimes with my kids about the behavior that will that they can engage in that will make me trust them. So like this, my kids are younger, but like social media. I'm more relaxed than some people are about social media, but I've said to my daughter, who's the only one who really has access to it, the thing that will make me trust you with this is if you bring me things when they're upsetting. If you, if you walk up to me and say, mom, I saw this, can we talk about it? That makes me feel better about allowing you to do this because I know that you're bringing things to me that are concerning. So like, that's a conversation too. Like, yeah, the thing that will help me with this is if you disclose this to me. Right. Teenagers are a dicey bag, man. I have, uh, I do think I have a really good relationship with both my teenagers. I think all things considered, we are a really strong unit as a family and doing a, a pretty good job. Not, not perfect by any stretch. Definitely made some mistakes. Would do some things differently. But I think I have a pretty strong relationship with my kids. And uh, I am really, you know, I read this book, um, Untangled, long time oh, ago, yeah. when Georgia was like 13. And I thought, 
she's never going to do any of these. <laughs> what a dumb thought. <laughs> she is the secret keeper of the world. And that kid never kept secrets. And now she's like, she has such a need to be autonomous. And I want her to be autonomous. I'm fully for it. But there are some things that still need parenting. And buddy, she doesn't want it. She didn't want any, she had the car accident. Did I tell you about the car accident she had? I saw that she had a fender bender. She had a fender bender. Tell us about it. But she called her aunt first. She didn't call one of her parents. And I was like, she actually lives 25 minutes away and knows nothing about your insurance. So, I mean, I'm happy. There's one side of the coin was, I'm really happy that she called her aunt. I love that they have a, a really connected, positive relationship. That I'm super grateful for. And we've always said to her, if you have something you feel like you can't talk to us about, she's a great resource because sometimes you're not going to want to talk to your parents about something. And that's okay. You just need to find another trusted adult and talk to an adult about certain things, you know, like drugs or alcohol or sex or, you know, I got in a car accident. (laughs) But I was like, what else is she not calling me about when she needs help? Because she clearly needed help. That was, she She was her first fender bender and this guy got in her face and screamed at her and scared her really bad. So, um, so I was like, I was down the street. She was two blocks up from our house when this happened and I was home. So why aren't you in those urgent moments reaching for me anymore? Did what, you ask her? Yeah. And she and said, she, I, she said, I, I thought you were too busy. I was like doing what mopping? Like, I don't have anything going on. What do you mean? Too busy? What? Uh, it's the pandemic. I've got, there's nothing too busy for, for you. I'd said that in the conversation. There's nothing too busy for you. Obviously, if you want me to make a batch of cookies, I may not be able to do it at that moment, but there's nothing too busy for you when you need me, like, especially like this. And she was like, well, I don't know. But part of me goes, that's not it. What do you think it is? I think that she, I think that she is, is, is trying to really separate. And I think part of that is really healthy, um, that she's trying to just separate from us. Um, what's that look for Jocelyn? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm watching Daryl walking around the house. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) What is he doing? Does he look like this? He's getting apples. No, he's getting apples that are in a bag. And he carried them into the kitchen really quietly. And then I muted it because it was a lot of crinkly noise. And then I was watching him carry them back to the table and then put them on the table the right way. And I was like, just put them down. Just <laughs> put them down. So that's what that was. She just goes, what was that look about? <laughs> he just flipped me off. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> that is pretty funny. So anyway, yeah, I think she's just really just wants to be a grown up. You know, she wants to be a grown up. And I think that's a very valid want when you're 16. She keeps telling me she wants to get a job. And I'm like, awesome. Maybe not in a pandemic. Like if it weren't a pandemic, I'd be all for it. Totally. But I, <coughs> I don't know if I feel great about you working a job in this moment in our history, in this <laughs> world. You know, so I don't know. I think she's trying to just be her own person entirely, which I'm, I'm good with, but 
I don't know where to balance it. You know what I mean? That's the hard part is you go, well, where do I really assert myself and go, no, actually is going to be this way. And she's doing a lot of this yesterday. She slept over at a friend's house. Totally fine. They're in a bubble. We're in a bubble. Dad's in the movie industry. Everybody's tested every two days. So I'm like, well, that's true. Then you don't have COVID. Bert's been tested every couple of days. We don't have it. So I'm comfortable with them commingling in their bubbles, right? And it was Halloween. So she slept over Halloween. Yesterday, I called and said, so I want you to come home at like a decent hour today. I know you don't have a lot of homework, but like, you know, 3.30 somewhere. But no, I didn't say that. I said somewhere between like after lunch and six, somewhere in there. Like, and I don't mean 5.45. And she goes, but why? I said, because, you know, you sometimes you will push yourself to the last minute. And then you need, you need some recovery time before school starts. And you always will stay until the last minute. And then you end up having a very stressful, very anxiety-ridden week. So instead, I would love it if you'd come home and kind of, you know, clean your room and get your ducks in a row and get ready and make sure you don't have any homework and just kind of relax and watch a movie with us and hang out. But why? Well, I think I just explained that pretty clearly. Clearly. <laughs> well, can I stay then until 5.30? And I'm like, you know what, Georgia? I've given you what I needed you to do. And I gave you the freedom to make up the time sometime between noon and like six o'clock. And you just keep pushing and pushing. And she's like, okay, 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 fine. I'll be home. She came home at 3.30, realized she had three major pieces of homework that she had forgotten, cleaned her room and did her homework. And we didn't see her the rest of the night. She was doing her homework. And we kept, you know, she came out and had dinner with us. And we were like, watch a movie. And oh, and she did watch a movie, but I was like, you know, so clearly you're you're not able to handle and manage your schedule, but you clearly don't want me managing it. So what am I supposed to do? You know what I mean? That's how I feel. I do. I mean, I again, I would like you never want to talk about it in the time when she's annoyed and it's, it's like that at that age they're annoyed a lot. But I mean, I would literally like put that to her like I'm doing my best here to try to give you more and more and more and more, but I don't know how, I mean, sometimes help me. Like, how do I do this better? Like, how do I do this when, and you, you have a perfectly good example of it actually, you don't want to be like, I told you so, but like, there are a lot of those where you're just, yes. you're trying. And sometimes, you know, you are smart about things. Right. But you, you don't want to be working harder than she's working at managing her own life. Right. So it's like, you got to enlist her to like help, you know, you're trying to back off, but she's going to have to help you figure out how to do it better. And so that you're not, otherwise you're just going to do it your way. And she's going to always be mad. Well, that's the hard part is I feel like with both my kids, actually, I, I have these conversations of how can we give you your control and your freedom and your choices. But in that I have to see like with Isla, I was like, here's what I need. I need you to have B's in your classes. If you have B's in your classes, at least B or an A, you won't hear from me. If it drops into a C, I'm going to be on you. So it's up to you. You just keep, your, keep yourself in a B. You know, for her, that a B is awesome because this is really the first year she's independently been to school, like without my help for the most part. Uh, since probably about, about three weeks ago, I completely withdrew. You know, it took her a long time to get up and running, which I expected because she's dyslexic. So she needed a lot of scaffolding in the beginning. But now I've like taken the pieces of scaffolding away and I've been like, here's the parameter. 
got to give me a B, A or B, and I, you won't hear from me. But once it drops below that, I'm going to be all over you. So she has a C in algebra and I'm all over her. And she's like, you need to back off. And I've already set the parameter. I've set the boundary. I've said here, it, if A plus B equals C, not to use an algebra analogy, but that's <laughs> kind of what it is. I was like, if you keep a B in algebra, I will not bother you. And then I get so much pushback for exactly the parameter I set. What does she think about? Does she think a B is not an appropriate? Does she think C's are fine? She wants me out of her business entirely at all costs for everything. Even if she failed everything? Yep. It's her business, not my business. But it is my business. And I keep saying this. But the problem is, you are still a child. You are 14. And I am an adult. And it is my job to make sure that you are taken care of in a certain way. You need to be learning and progressing. And that a, a B is our minimum in our family. That's our value system. Some people are AP classes, all A's. That's not what I'm asking. I'm just asking for a B average. That's it. And if you get into a C, then I mean, something's, something's not working. You're not understanding something. So then that's a building block for 11th grade. So then I concern now about 11th grade. So that's my, I've explained all of this to her. And she's like, get out! Every time, get out of my room! But I'm like, ah, wait, I thought I was a really good mom. What's happening? <laughs> I'm, it's falling apart here. I'm, just, I'm trying to give you your freedom, but you're, you're not, I feel like they're not respecting that. Does that make sense? That's really yeah. what I feel like, is that they're not respecting where I am giving them, or we, I should say we, Bert is on the same page too. When we're giving them an inch and they go, fuck your inch. Mm-hmm. I want the whole mile. And you go, well, you can't have a mile because you live under my house yeah. and you eat my food and I pay your tuition. But they don't seem to get it. Can I hit them? <laughs> <laughs> Last night, Bert was like, I think we should just start hitting them. I was like, maybe. I mean, maybe. I mean, I was paddled in the I was hit all my childhood. Maybe we should just start hitting them. I'm at a loss. No advice. <laughs> I mean, I think that you're you're in a position where your options are like keep verbalizing it and keep your boundaries because it sounds like you're setting your boundaries, or you know, you can lower your standards and let them sink or swim, but that's not what you want to do. So then you you are clear about what you want to do. Like you have your boundaries, and so I would just keep verbalizing it and keep showing them ways they can earn more independence. You know. Showing them ways they can earn more independence. Okay. Okay. All right. So maybe I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. I feel a bit lately since the pandemic, like the 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 idiots are running the asylum. That's what I feel like in my house. And I and I think it's a lack of um institutionalized structure, meaning school, where I'm not the only mm-hmm. principal, teacher, coach, parent. I'm the Bert and I, when he's home, are the only authoritarian figures, really, because the teacher is on a computer. You yeah, know, right. it's a very different ball game. And I feel a bit like as a parent, 
it's unfair that I have to wear all of those disciplinary hats. And I feel like as a child, it's unfair that I have to wear all those disciplinary hats because then it's very hard to compartmentalize what feels like control to them. Does that make sense? Clean your room comes from the same voice as do your homework comes from the same voice as have you logged in to your Zoom class? Same voice as why don't you take the dogs for a walk so you get some exercise, which is PE. Uh, same as, you know, see what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's all coming from me. Yeah. So I feel like they have gone off the rails a little bit. And I've, I've allowed them to since it's my house because of the situation that we're in. I mean, they're staying up very late. And as much as I take electronics and shut the light out, they're still staying up, drawing. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what do you not understand about go to sleep? I mean, mm-hmm. and they're not complying with anything. And I, I wonder, and that's not who they are typically. So I just wonder in this specialized moment in history, if that is a little bit of an unraveling, you know. Well, I definitely agree with you that the whole online thing is is really it's problematic in terms of motivation for these kids. It is like there I think there's just across the board. It is really hard to stay motivated when it's just staring at these screens all day. Yeah. And it makes I agree with you too that like for you being the voice of all discipline and all structure and all annoying things, you know, like do your homework, log into your class, clean your room, you know, that's that's no fun for you. And I think that's a happening across the board right now too. Right. Um, and then you're not getting a break. It's like one mm-hmm. thing if that's your voice in the morning and after school, but it's all day long now. Right. They you don't know, when there's like either. What they don't get yeah. a break either from me. But what is the what is the like the what are their goals like their longer term goals? Because I feel like right now it's so easy for people to just be like lost in this sort of unstructured weird time warp. But the goals of you know whatever I mean maybe it isn't college maybe it's what, what, being a whatever it is like what what are those for them like what what do they want to be. Well, interesting you say that. As a Girl Scout troop leader, I am Georgia's troop leader, and I that Georgia is in a different level. And we started this badge called called College Knowledge, and it's a fascinating badge. I'm kind of cheating. I'm doing some of what they say, but I thought that there was a a more valid way to kind of skin that rabbit. And one of the things that I did in our meeting last Sunday was to ask all the girls. I have four girls at her level. The why for college. Why are you going to college? Not just where, but why? And not just why, why because I want to be an accountant. No, not that. Why do you want to go into Boulder instead of San Diego? Why do you want, what do you want out of your college experience that has nothing to do with education? What's the why? (laughs) And George's why was, I think I'm going to take a gap year. And I went, why? She said, I just want to work. I said, why? She said, I just want my freedom. And I was like, that's what's going on all over my house with her. Is she just feels trapped, I think. And now she doesn't even want to think about going to college out of high school. So I was like, well, I mean, I don't need her to go to college. But she's always said she wanted to be a therapist. So if you're going to be a therapist, 
you gotta go to college. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can't, you gotta get your master's at least. So I was like, wow, what a shift. And I don't need her to be a therapist. I don't give a shit what she does as long as she is happy and fulfilled and can grow and build success, whatever that looks like. I mean, you know, success to me, my dad owned his own mechanic shop successfully for 45 years. He was never wealthy, but he was very successful because he he had a successful business. So success doesn't have to be you know, something crazy. Being a nurse for 25 years is super successful. So I just, I'm like, wow, all of a sudden my kid is really lost. I feel like she's really aimless and lost. And the other two, one girl was, was sick, um, not with COVID, but was sick that day. And uh, the other two had a very, still had very clear path. And, and Georgia was very much like, I don't know, gap year, work, maybe I'll travel. And I mean, I think that like, I think that's a big thing about the schoolwork thing is if it's not connected to a goal, then it's like, ugh, like, no, who wants to do it? So, yeah. I mean, and you're not supposed to know right. when you're 15, but if you aren't connected to the idea that like, I want to keep as many options open because probably the five things like therapist or veterinarian or whatever they are all require college, right? then you know, but the interesting thing about the gap year thing is like, there really is a place for that. I mean, actually for someone like her, it's like the perfect thing to like, okay, go and figure out and have some experience and realize like, wow, if I want to be able to pay my bills, I mean, I'm not going to be able, I'm not going to want to just have a minimum wage job forever. And I am really smart in this. I mean, but if she's not there yet, but I feel like those conversations really do matter. Otherwise we're just spinning here and it's not like, why would your kids ever really dig in and engage right now. Okay. So maybe that is a good thing that I can do now is have a conversation about where you want to be and why school, why the why of high school, the why of high school, why you could drop out and get your GED. And a lot of people do. And still there's, there still is like a, some path, like what is it, you know, if, do you want to be a, you know, a personal trainer or do you want to be like, but there's like something like when you, you're not going to drop out and just not work. So then it's, it's, I mean, it's a lot of conversations in there. And if they, if kids don't, it seems kind of obvious, but it's actually not obvious to them. I no, think the I think various right. paths. I think I you're mean, right. So there's also, I'm going to, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here, but I think I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully I end up somewhere. You will. Um, <clears throat> maybe we'll see. We'll see what happens guys. Um, I know somebody who dropped out of high school at 16, 15 or 16 intentionally because he was failing something. So, and, and like, wasn't going to fix it. He dropped out. He got his GED. He went to, at like 16, he went to, um, I believe LA Valley college for two years and then transferred, I think to Columbia. Wow. And it was his plan. He like, he, he is the son of, like a hacker. And so he was like, I'm going to hack high school. This is how I'm going to do it. And ended up on an amazing path. And like talking to your kids about those stories, I actually think is really helpful because it puts them in the driver's seat of like all the things you can do. And when you're 15 or 16, you don't know necessarily what it is, but let's take control and leave as many options open as you possibly can. And like really talk about what does it look like? Because right. that kid was super unique. He did it, but he was super unique and he took control. 
Right. He like really went for it. But right. like, what does it really look like to drop out of high school? Like, right. You end up working at, you know, like a really low paying job for a long time. It's harder to get into college, all of those things. But yeah. I guess like my point is the really authentic conversations that are also exciting, right? Like that's a cool story. Yeah, it's a great story. I actually have a friend in high school, the same, well, he didn't go to, he, but he dropped out of high school, um, married his girlfriend who was still in high school. They're still married. Uh, he's my age. So he's 50 and he wanted to be a mechanic. And he was like, why am I in high school? I just want to own my own shop, just like my dad. Right. So that's what he did. And he owns the most successful shop in my hometown and he's owned it forever. And he did the same thing. He was like, I already know what I want to do. GED. Went to technical school. He was already, I think, working when we graduated high school. He had already gotten his his technical school certificates and was working a job in what he wanted to do. That I think that that is a very viable option for a lot of people. That it's a great path. Totally, because society says it's not okay to drop out. People don't even consider it when right. there's so many kids who. I mean, are you really going to use calculus? Do you really need to go to high school to learn calculus? I mean, I was so many times and said, I don't know when I'm ever going to need algebra. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know either. Sometimes you use it in like carpentry and stuff and like, you know, that, but no, she's like, I think I want to go to school in Europe. They don't, they don't make you take English or math. And I went, I'm not sure that's entirely <laughs> sure. That's true. <laughs> what do you take? Nothing is accurate. You just study what you want to learn. I don't think that's quite accurate, but I don't either. I said, I think that's technical school, but actually that would be a really interesting thing to explore. Like the reality of what she thinks she's talking about, like, because maybe the path, like I know kids who actually went to college in Europe and it is a bit of a different path and it can be like, I mean, in some instances, it's way more difficult in others. It's not. So it would be an interesting thing for her to explore. Like, what are the options? Do you have to have good grades? Does it not really matter so much? I mean, just to see. Right. But the, the, the why of high school is a really good conversation to have now. Uh, the why. Why? Why are you in high school? And what is your purpose in high school? Is it just to make friends? Because I think, I think the purpose for both my kids may be fully social. I mean, even before the gap year conversation, Georgia was like, I'm just going to go to Valley College because I don't want to worry about college in high school. I just want to enjoy myself. And I was like, okay, totally fine. You can go to Valley. It's, you can ride your bike there from our house. Go to college, transfer somewhere where to four-year school. I'm totally down with that. I have no problem with that path at all. I think it's actually a pretty smart path because- It's a lot less money. Like it's a, a lot yeah. less money and it's a lot less stress. I think the the large campus with the big party scene is, is a lot of stress. And so I was like, I'm all for that path. Um, but now, but yeah, I don't know. I'm feeling lost as a parent right now. I think that's, that's my point of the whole conversation. This whole podcast is I have friends and friends, parents that I'm dealing with that are out of my scope with my kid. And I don't know if I'm handling it well. And I don't know if she's handling it well. And I don't think Bert's handling it well. <laughs> I don't think Bert's handling it very, very well. Um, but if you have, like, if you have the conversation about, like, really, what is she really honestly, like, in a good moment where you guys are, like, in your best, you know, 
just bonding moment with each other. What exactly does it look like? What does she want you to do? Literally be completely hands. I mean, like for real, what does it look like? And is that realistic? I mean, it would be interesting for her to see because you probably have stories in your life of those parents who did that and what ended up happening with those kids. I mean, I do, you know, from my childhood, but she doesn't know that. I mean, so just, you know, you're not, you don't have to agree with each other, but to have a conversation like really about like, what is, what is it? Like you're doing your best here. And Mm -hmm. what she's asking of you, if she really paints the picture, the full picture of what she's asking you to do, which is basically pay for everything. Yeah. And not, and feed her and make her meals, but what, like not, just have speak no when say. spoken to? Like, yeah. yeah, speak when spoken yeah. to. <laughs> you know? I need a t-shirt that says that because that <laughs> is my entire life in this house. I can speak only when spoken to. Uh, two days ago, I, I said, mean, I think I may be Cinderella. Suddenly, I am Cinderella. I am swabbing the deck. I'm, I'm like the scullery maid and everybody looks at me like I smell bad. I mean, like, I'm like, I have to ask for dirty laundry four times to the point where I go, hey, I'm asking to do a chore for you. So you <laughs> I mean, what if you went on strike? What if you actually went on strike or went to a spa for a week? I mean, the, I, I know the house would burn they down. They would care. I'd come back <laughs> and this house would be completely infested with rats. You know, I, they. you should see this room right here where I go, I'm fucking out. I'm out of this room. You should see this room and it will not be handled. He will let mold grow and infest in this room until it takes over the whole space. And I feel like my kids are the same way, even though they've always had chores. They've always had chores. And now this something has shifted. And I feel like the idiots are running the asylum entirely in my house where I have no control over anything. And anytime I say something, it is a either a massive offense that I have said that or completely disregarded. It's never like, oh, that's fair. She is asking to do my laundry. She has asked me three times. And if you just didn't do it, like what would be the end game of that? If you just stopped doing their laundry? Oh, oh, I have. I have not done their laundry. And it piles up and piles up and piles up. And then they'll come and go, "Um, are you doing laundry tomorrow? And I'll say, yes, I, I do laundry on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Okay, well, I'll bring you my laundry. And then it will show up that day. And it's fucking 14 loads. Where I'm like, then I should make them do the laundry themselves. But they have so much schoolwork that I feel bad about that, right? They have so much schoolwork. This is different. This is not like when they go to school. It's not compartmentalized. It seems like it's a lot more work. Maybe it's because I didn't see them at school, but. Okay. So I want to say something about, like, this is an epiphany that I had recently. Um. which is that every time I let my kids like trample on my boundaries that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I think we all do Like I, I think this is a huge thing. This is a huge yeah, thing. I do every too. time I let them do that, mm-hmm. I'm communicating to them that it's okay to be in a relationship where people cross boundaries. Ah. And so like having that awareness of, I don't want my kids to think it's okay to treat their future friends or partners this way. And I sure as hell don't want them that it, to think it's okay for them to be treated that way. Right. It gave me a lot more permission and confidence to like, just go, this is my boundary and I'm done. Like, right. that's what it is. I'm holding it firm. We're just going to have to throw all these clothes away. 
like whatever, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah. Like I'm not having this in my house. I've communicated. I'm not having it in my house and I'm actually not going to have it in my house. Right. Right. Okay. So maybe I just say you start doing your own laundry, do it at your pace, whenever you want it, any day of the week you want, you do your own. I mean, maybe you give them a chance to see that you actually mean a boundary by saying, listen, I've said to you, I do laundry on Wednesdays and Saturdays. If you have your laundry to me on Wednesdays, what I'm doing it, I'll do it. I mean, you maybe not, but like just to show them. And if they don't like normal, then you're like, I communicated that to do now you're on your own with your laundry. And like, I'm not doing all of your laundry on Saturday because Wednesday you didn't like, if you didn't bring it to me on Wednesday, you can bring me half of it on Saturday, but like, I'm not doing that. Right, Right. Right. Yeah, I did laundry. <laughs> I did laundry for like a full like like fourteen hours. Uh, God, I um, hate laundry and dishes because the bus showed up, the tour bus showed up, and vomited laundry, and and then both my kids hadn't brought me their laundry that week, and then I was like, oh my god, <laughs> so much laundry! And it kept folding and folding and folding. I was like, oh my god, I can't, I can't, can't do it anymore. Um, I, I don't know why. I mean, uh, laundry and dishes are just goddamn out of control. It's they are. out of control. Yeah. And burn it. All of it. Yeah. But also, Leanne, aren't there also, um, just in terms of the grades, like, aren't there also, like, when you think about the rights, responsibilities, privileges thing we've talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when you think about, like, you're saying in your household, you have a responsibility to make bees. And if yeah. you don't, then you know, whatever. And so I know that, you know, you being on it is one, but aren't there other privileges that would like be motivating enough to make it so that you don't have to be the one who's driving the academic thing when it goes below a B, but like she is motivated enough by the fact that, I mean, she's going to lose her privileges. Right. If she doesn't, you know, and does she not believe that she will actually like, actually fail like does she believe she'll be able to pull it out or like are you worried that it'll just spiral and she'll literally just fail my past experience with isla is that um all of a sudden there is an undoable amount of work so then she can't like it's impossible to complete because one thing leads to four things leads to eight things and all of a sudden she can't get it done so Whereas if she would just do it as it, it unfolded, she'd be fine. So that seems to be her pattern is that she'll push it all till Sunday and then have a 14 hour day Sunday and is mm-hmm. exhausted. And then she's so exhausted. She starts the week at a deficit. So she pushes things because she's at a deficit. And now we've got another 14 hour. I've talked to her about this ad fucking nauseum. And she does that with putting away her laundry. That's, that's the way she operates. She's going to wait. She's going to take the path of least resistance and wait till the last minute. And then it is almost insurmountable. This is what her daddy does too. Impossible deadlines. If you could see this room, you would go, I get it. Like he's going to wait until he actually can't function in this room and then he'll clean it up. But it has to get to where he can't function. And she is exactly the same. It has to be where she has to turn those in or she's going to fail. And then she can't possibly do them all. So you go, girlfriend, I don't know how else I can try and help you figure out how to manage that better. When she doesn't want my help. Doesn't want my help. 
with it. Rejects all help I've tried to give her. She might be a little stubborn. <laughs> she's so but stubborn she, that she thinks she's autistic. <laughs> like she's self she's not autistic, but she's like, she was watching some show and they were talking about <laughs> willfulness and stubbornness. She went, I think I might be autistic. <laughs> I was like, you're not autistic. You're just really stubborn. You, you don't have to have one for the other. You can, you can just be stubborn. <laughs> and you are really stubborn. <laughs> That's fantastic. I think I might be autistic. Uh, she actually went online and took an autistic test. And she... she <laughs> I took it too recently. I, took it too. I did. What'd you score? I scored at the very, very top of what you can be right before you're a little bit autistic. I mean, it's a very offensive quiz. I'm sure. You can't take it online. And like, right. it's, the concept was horrifying. I was horrified that I did it. Yeah. And, but, um, but yeah, I took that. I think it must have been going around. Yeah, I think it was. Too, yeah. I think it was. What was interesting is she and her sister scored within one point of each other. And they were in the teens. They were like 13 and 14. And I think the, the you are autistic is when you pass like 30 or something. I th yeah, I got 29. That's funny because 29 was the number I got. Yeah. Well, she was like, oh, thank God. And you know my brain, I'm going, because that's such an accurate test. Right, right. <laughs> we really should hitch our wagon up to that test. Buddy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what you hit your wagon. It's like when people take online IQ tests and then go around, they're like, my IQ was <laughs> like, you took it off BuzzFeed. <laughs> Right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like we've been a little all over the place in this podcast. So how can I be a better parent? Do you guys want to trade? Anybody want two teenage daughters and a husband that doesn't clean up after himself? Or about <laughs> just trade it all out for me and then give it back to me. That'd be awesome. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good too. <laughs> you sure? you uh, Kristen's already done the teenager. I have, and I have a 15 year old girl still. Oh, that's right. I, I, yeah. I forgot you have to do it. But Jocelyn, you're in the sweet spot. A little bit. I am. I mean, look, look, there are things that are just like really, really stressful <laughs> with whatever age it is. Yeah. You know, like I, I remember feeling this amount of stress when they were tiny. And now I look back on it and I'm like, what was I even worried about? Like, mm -hmm. what was that concern even about? Yeah. And so I try to remember that, like, this is just a phase. That's a really good perspective phase. Like, you know, you look back at things that, that you worried about when Georgia was eight or six, and it's not even on your radar. And if you heard, if you heard me worrying about those things, you would be like, oh, it's going to like, it's just going to go away. It's right? True. Yes, that's true. And you know, a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about with her being a teenager I'm not actually that worried about. I have two. I feel like I. I feel like I'm good at holding two feelings at one time. Mm -hmm. Like there's mm -hmm. this one feeling that goes, "Huh, you should pay attention to this. Is this a problem? What's going on here? Why is this happening? Is this really broken?" And then there's this other part that goes, "She's just a teenager." Like I was so much worse as a teenager in every way, in disrespect, in not being organized. My room was a disaster. As soon as I got my car, I was never home. And I lied constantly to my dad. And so, yeah, I have this, this piece going, she's really actually pretty good. And then this other piece that goes, but is she? I don't know. 
you know, it's hard to. So I would just keep asking her that. I would just keep like literally sharing all that, everything that's in your head, share it with her about that. It's like, you want to believe that she is, but like she to help, she needs to help you know. Right. Like Jocelyn said, like there's certain ways I'm going to know that you're good. Right. Like help me know. And I was also thinking about the Isla thing, you know, with Isla, because she will just a has that interesting pattern, like you were saying, like Bert of like waiting till it's almost impossible. And also dyslexia, where, where is she, does she feel empowered and strong and really good? Like what are the activities in her life that she really shines at doing? Art. She's really, this sounds dorky, but she's really good at Girl Scouts. <laughs> like everything we do, she is, she's good at group activities. That's the hard part about school. She excels in a group setting. So See, this is where I feel like the convert, the why conversation, like the future path conversation is even more important because she's stuck in the sucky education system that just happens to be all about the things that are not her strengths. Yes, it's not her fault, right? But it's just, it's yes. just sucks. That's just the way we set it up. But like having the conversation about there are some really fantastic things that are going to be perfectly suited to her actually in the real world, even though she feels like nothing is right now, probably, you know? And so, I mean, I feel like having that conversation is even more important to be like, so what do you do? Maybe her path is she literally doesn't have to care about academics. Probably not. But maybe there's like, you know what I mean? Of just like taking those things that are her strengths and even the ones that are her weaknesses and thinking like, this is the way to aim yourself, right? That would feel yeah. fun and make it worth making the bees now. Right. You know? Interesting. I wonder what, I've tried to, I, if we just fucking weren't stuck at home, I think it's fine. Because I was like, join a club. They still have clubs yeah. on Zoom. And she's like, I cannot do another thing on Zoom. I cannot. But if we were at school, she'd probably be in three clubs. Yeah. You know, she wants to play softball and you can't play softball if you have C's. So that's a motivator. But I can't mm -hmm. offer that as a motivator because they're right. not playing softball. So and she can't be in certain clubs if she doesn't keep her grades up. But I can't get her to join the club because of Zoom. I think a lot of what I'm talking about, a lot of my parenting problems right now are because of this pandemic. I think if the pandemic would go away, it would straighten out so many things for everybody, obviously. Uh, but a lot of this stuff, I think, would be alleviated if they had regular social interaction with their peers in person, you know, mm -hmm. and and a live in-person class with their teacher. So they had other authority figures besides me and Bert that to have to manage. Uh, and then they go home and go, mom and dad aren't so bad. But, you know, if mom and dad are all the dissension they're getting all day long, then mom and dad pretty much suck. Right. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I suck. Most no, of the time. when you're, cause when you're having to sit there constantly, like nagging someone, you don't like yourself. No, like, that doesn't feel good ever to anybody. No, it doesn't. You know, I mean, I hear you on the school thing. Like it is, that is a drain for a lot of people mm -hmm. to be sitting in front of a computer all day long. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I just wonder if there's other, like, are there things that you can do as a family to kind of change that path a little bit? Mm -hmm. 
Cause that, that's a, that's a problem. Like sitting on zoom for eight to three for a lot of kids is a problem. Is yeah. there any other path? That's the only path right now. Yeah. I mean, in their, in their school. Yeah. The only thing is Fridays, they learn independently. So I've been every other week we've been going somewhere. So like this coming up soon, we're going to go to San Diego and just leave and let them do school once we get there and um, just kind of get out of this environment. I've been doing that regularly, probably every two to three weeks. And that seems to help a lot. We seem to get really reconnected when that happens. And then after we're back, we're reconnected for several days. And then all of a sudden it starts falling back into like, oh, yeah. And then we go out of town again, we get reconnected. Um, so I've been trying to do that. I've been, we go in ebbs and flows of family dog walks and we'll do it for a while. And then something will happen and get us off the rhythm. And then we start walking dogs independently and the family dog walks are a blast, but I try to get them out to walk the dogs every day because I'm like, at least they're outside and they're with the dog. And, you know, I, I try to get that done every day. Um, what did you have something else in mind? Like, no, I didn't know what it was. I just like, I think we're all like struggling with, okay, what does this look like? And what actually works for my family? Because there are some things that like, I just, it works for some kids, but doesn't for other kids. And so I just walked away from some of it, you know, like, so I was just curious. Um, I mean, I like, we're not doing traditional school, right? I, like I, and I'm not suggesting that, you know, there's that, but then I, I know a family that pulled their kid and they're, you know, they have a tutor two hours a day. Just there's all sorts of things going on like that. And I was. They have a tutor two hours a day to do all their school. That's it. Yep. Wow. Just think about how little kids are learning right now. Right. You know? Yeah. Crazy. It's crazy. I know. I know it took us a little bit off track with that, but I was just curious because I do think like that's a valid, that's a valid issue having to sit in front of a computer from eight to three and something that isn't your thing. Right. Sucks. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Her, Isla in particular, full motivation for school is social to make friends, hang out with people. That's yeah. it. She didn't care about anything she's learning. But does she ever, like, even in her dreams, think about doing something, like, artistic for her, you know, in the future? Or I don't know. She's in a really weird spot, too, since COVID happened, where she's gotten very protective and secretive about what she likes. Um, where she won't even tell us, like, what food she likes. Or we'll say, you know, I know pizza's your favorite food. No, it's not. Okay, it has been since you were, like, two. But okay. <laughs> then what's your favorite food? I don't have one. I think there's a big thing about not having privacy, like not having space. I mean, I just think it's just, the, you know, like they just, we naturally, but especially that age, they just want some privacy. Yeah, they want you know, in I'm their heads and their space and their, you know. I get it. And I totally get it. I remember not wanting anybody in my business either. And that I'm okay with that. I don't need to be in their business. I just need to make sure they're healthy and happy and moving forward. You know, I, I just don't want them unhealthy, unhappy and, and stuck. Um, and sometimes those things, like you say all the time, those negative emotions are not something to be afraid of. I think as long as you're not stuck in them, right. once you get stuck in them, then that's a problem. So you should have them experience them and help have them help you move through something. Right. Exactly. Figure out what you need. What are they telling you about what would be better, how to take care of yourself? What right. You need. Right. 
think I may need to re-up my parenting. I think I may need to straighten myself out a little bit. <laughs> I think so. Because, um, yeah, I think so. What do you think? You think I need to straighten myself out a little bit? I want you to say more about what you're going to do. Well, I think the boundary thing, we've talked about that with me before, is I have a problem with boundaries regarding me. I don't so much have a a problem with boundaries regarding other things, but with my time, like with the laundry, I do have a problem. And, you know, Bert has says this to me a lot. I grew up with a parent who... um, didn't have boundaries in a different way, right? And and stuff like the laundry was up to me. So I think I came into being a parent going, I'm going to do those things that I wanted done for me that was that were never done. You know, yeah. so let let me do for them what I wanted. But sometimes I may overdo it. And maybe that's not about them. Maybe that's about me. Right, because doing for them is what I needed, mm-hmm. and they may not even need it. The other thing that you're up against that maybe we've talked about, but maybe not, and I think it's common, is that you're really capable, right? So it's easy, like when you're a capable person yes. and you can get a lot of shit done and you can get a lot of shit done, mm-hmm. then it's like it's just easier to do it. Yes. But that's only true in the short term, right? Right. Yes. That's not really true in the long term. And right. I mean, I think about it like looking back on when my kids were teeny tiny and it was just easier to clean up their mess. Like, good God, the pain of like standing there trying to get a two-year-old to put their dish on the counter. You're like, Jesus, just give it to me. Yeah. But if I had done that then, how different would things be now? Right. Right. If like that repetition was really there. And so- like I try to remember that because I can also like, I can knock things off of a list. Kristen likes that about me. And I also think <laughs> that makes me are... feel so inadequate though. Cause she's so fast. <laughs> yes. I mean, I can get so much done in a day that it's like, fuck it, just give it to me and I'll do it. But yep. then in the long run, it pisses me off. Yes. Uh, the, you, know? you described me to the letter. I mean, before this podcast, right. I got up this morning put in a load of laundry, unloaded and loaded the dishwasher, took the dog to the vet, called the refrigerator repair guy, sent a text message to my contractor at the other house and my security guard, my security company at my other house, worked out and then came on this podcast all in like one hour. (laughs) Yeah. And because it's easier for me to plow through it than to wait for someone else to do it at their so weren't we having one of the one of the last couple of times what we talking specifically about the needs skill that and that like the worksheet, you know, because what I was thinking before you just did that whole list, I was thinking, what a fantastic conversation to have with your kids, like specifically about your need to do laundry for your children, because that was a need that you had when a child versus like now you realize that may not they may need freedom from you nagging them about laundry more than they need you to do their laundry. And like having that conversation about needs and relationships is like the most important conversation you could ever have for teaching people how to have good relationships. But then you went on to make that whole list of like the nine things that you did, many of which were other people's needs you were taking care of. Right. right? And Mm -hmm. so I just think to like, I always think getting things on a piece of paper and being like, okay, 
here's the list of things that I do. And I'm realizing that a lot of them are needs I'm trying to meet for you. I'm trying to do your laundry. I'm trying to cook your dinner. I'm trying to do your homework. I'm trying to do that. And I'm realizing that I really have a need for a, to feel respected by you, which I can't really do anything about that except for eliminate the places where you're mad at me and give myself some more time to go whatever. And like, when you see it, when they see it on a piece of paper, it's like, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. These needs you don't have to do for me. It's just, it just sounds so weird, but I swear when you put it on a piece of paper, it just makes it like this concrete thing. It's like, mom has 30 things on her list and we have one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is very, very good advice. I think maybe that is a great place to start off a good conversation about me feeling because really I feel like I really do feel like Cinderella lately where I am the last person on this list for every single subject for schoolwork, for um, housework, for friendship, for whatever, for spending time together, for walking the dogs. I am literally the last person on the list. I mean, I even took them on this great trip. And they said, thank you. But I was like, I got the attitude right away. I was like, listen, it takes a lot to take you on a trip. It's not, I think I deserve more than like five seconds of, yeah, you're a really great mom. I think maybe deserve a little bit more than that. I don't need a lot. The the slippery slope though, you know, the problem is, which I know you know this, but when we do too much for our kids or our spouses or whatever, which I do also, it's, it's not really their fault. You know what I mean? It's like, and of course, of course, like, what are they going to be like? No, don't do my laundry. Don't cook me dinner. Of course. And their kids do. So they're going to be like, they're not even going to realize how great they have it. Right. You know? So it's like, we got to remember that it's like, you're going in there not being mad. You're going in there being like, I realize that I have, I have created something that feels out of balance to me and I'm going to try to fix it in a way that feels good to everyone, but you're not going to be, you're, you're going to put yourself closer to the top of the list. Got it. Because no one else will if you don't. They just won't. Really? I mean, they will in terms of love, but not in the chore list. You know, not in the... (laughs) Really? I hadn't noticed that in my house. Everyone's just dying to scrub the toilet. I went in the girls' room the other day and I was like, I can smell your toilet from the hallway. Would someone please scrub the toilet? And Ivy goes, oh yeah, I was just in there looking for the comet. I couldn't find it. It was freaking where it always is. She was not looking for it. <laughs> she was blind. And I was like, it's right there. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll do it a little later. And I'm like, no, seriously, please scrub the toilet because it's it's really smelly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then scrub the toilet. Came back in there later. Hey, how about you scrub that toilet? Remember the toilet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be right there. I'll, I'll, I'm going to go do it now. I mean, listen, you got to get the the rights, responsibilities, and privileges. Do you have that worksheet? I think I do. It's in your portal, right? I'm gonna, uh, it's definitely on our website. Yeah. Okay. But I'll send it to you too. Because okay. I think like having that list hanging up too. Yeah. Where it could, one thing to like say it and your kids are like, I know mom had a big list of things to do. and But to actually have it like written out and hanging up somewhere. Right. Like, here's George's responsibilities. Here's Isla's. Here's Leanne's. Here's Bert's. Right. They can see you. They can see that you're like, you know, definitely doing the things that are on your list. Right. I can't wait to see what Bert's responsibilities are. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> to eat three bags of chips at 11 p.m. Check. <laughs> to leave my room a disgusting pigsty. Check. Great responsibilities, though. I, I'm interested to see what he thinks his responsibilities are. Because we had this, um, we have a couple families, like I said before, that we all kind of bubble together. So we had a little outdoor movie night at our new house because it's outdoors and we felt like that was really safe. <laughs> but it takes a lot to get that ready. I, you know, you have to like put the screen together and at our new house, we don't have anything. It's still under construction. We have a toilet, but no sink. So you have to come up with a way for people to wash their hands. And it was a lot of work. So Bert got up that morning. He's like, I'm totally yours. I'm going to help you all day. Tell me what you need. And I was like, awesome. So here's what I need. And you put the screen together, bring some coolers, blah, 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 blah. And I already had the truck loaded. I was like, just come over, help me unload, and we'll get started. <laughs> we can oh, no. unload the truck. And, and he, he's like this, looking around. And he goes, this is a lot of work. And I went, yeah, it's a lot of work to get this done. That's why all week I've been saying, oh, this party, this is going to be a lot of work. He's like, yeah, I think I'm going to need to go work out. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to need to go work out before I like, if I don't work out, I'm going to feel really shitty about myself for the whole day. So I tell you what, I'm going to leave you here and I'm going to go work out. And you just let me know when you need some help and I'll come back and help you. And I was like, well, I would like to work out too. And he was like, well, fine, then fine, then fine. Then I'll stay here and do this. And I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'll stay here and you go work out. And I was like, never mind. You go work out because I don't want to have to deal with that person all day. So go work out and I'll call you when I need you. So I call and I go, I need a couple things. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm still on the treadmill. I'm like, it's four hours later. You've been working out for four hours. Well, I got a little distracted. I made some quesadillas for the girls. And then I had to clean the kitchen. I mean, I had to clean the kitchen. And I was like, okay, so basically I'm doing this entire thing by myself. That's, that's really what it is. I came home and all three of these suckers are on the couch in the recliner watching Scream. And I was like... I cannot believe that I've been, and I said to them, I've been busting my ass all day for a party for you people. So could you please clean this house up before we leave, before we leave for this party and help me get all this stuff in the car? And they did. But I was like, wow, that, and then later that night, Bert was like, I was so helpful. I was so helpful. I was like, you were, you did nothing. You drove me there and dropped me off. That's how you were helpful. That's, but he really thought he was helpful because he came home and made quesadillas for the kids and cleaned up after himself. He really thought that was helpful. And doesn't it like, doesn't the word helpful just kind of piss you off too? Yes. Like it really pisses me off where I'm like, how about you just like do it? Like, yeah. don't be helpful. Just be the one, like I'll help you. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate you. that. But he really from his soul believed that he was a 50, 50 partner in that day. And I mean, he might've been 10% partner because he did pick up a heavy cooler and he did unload a truck and he did drop me off with a water bottle. Peace out. Have a good day. <laughs> so I go, I don't really know how to fix that way of thinking either. Because then if I say, okay, let me make a list of what I did today. And you make a list of what you did today and we'll compare notes. 
he would find that very patronizing. You would know? he not even have the party though? If he had to actually do all the work, would he have it? Would he even no. do the thing? Yeah. yeah. No, he was like, cancel it. It's too much work. Don't do it. But I'm like, but it's for your kids. It's for our kids. And I, I'm happy to do it, but it would be nice to have some help, you know, and you're offering, you're saying I'm yours today. You got me all day until he got there and went, wow, that's a lot to do. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. I'm going to go work out. I'll see you after. <laughs> I'll meet you at the party. <laughs> I think that's been something that's been going on with us for a long time. But the imbalance of what he really, he really believes he helped me. Like not even bullshitting, not even trying to make fakey make believe. He really believes he was a team player. So I have a hard time getting him to see the other side of that coin. And I think that's the same for my kids. That's been their example as they've watched dad do that. And watch me just go, well, fuck it. I'll just do it myself. Is this too much trouble to get in an argument with him about I did five things, you did three, you know, which is what it comes down to in his brain. So wait, you think your kids have actually adopted that same kind of attitude? Yes, I do. Just with you though, or with others? Hmm. Maybe just with me. Because I know they're really helpful when they go to friends' houses. They're really proactive. Teachers always tell me they're really great. But just with me or with school to do the least for Isla. Mm-hmm. So see, I'm the problem. Well, it's interesting because we just like this week, we were talking about how this is like a whole subject for a webinar is moms and dads, but it does tend to be moms who are like really capable. They're getting stuff done and they're resenting it. Mm-hmm. You are not the only person. No, not at all. And in fact, the more capable you are, the more of a problem it is, you know, that interesting. You know what? I'll get emails from this episode saying you're uh, doing a bad job as a mom because you're doing too much for your kids. And that's probably true that I do too much for my kids in some well, way. I, I don't think it's true that you're a bad mom. <laughs> you know? no, you're far a from mom. a bad mom. You're far from a bad mom. No, I'm not a bad mom, but. And those people should learn about the good enough mother concept. Mm-hmm. So before you send Leanne that message, <laughs> good enough mother, <laughs> then send her the hate mail. <laughs> get a lot of hate mail, but I do get some no, mail like, you know, you're not doing that right. Oh, okay. Thank you. All well, right. the point so, is, is like, it's not feeling right to you. Like what matters is it's not feeling good to you. Like if it weren't causing any resentment on your part, are you feeling like Cinderella or whatever? Then it's like, whatever. But now it's to the point, it sounds like it's bad enough that you actually want to change your yeah, side of it. That's true. And I don't think it's super healthy for my kids. I think at this point they do need to be more independent or have more responsibility. Um, for their privileges. They get a lot of privileges just to get them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're privileged kids. So how do we wrap this up, ladies? I know you have a time crunch, Jocelyn. I do too, a little bit. How do we wrap it up? Um, Lock your well, Okay, I'm going to say this. You're yeah. going to say there's, there's, I know that you're ignoring the need stuff in resilience-based parenting, but there's some cool stuff coming up that you haven't gotten to yet. Don't I ignore know. it. No, I haven't. I have listened to everything except that one. I know, I know, I know, except the news one. <laughs> we 
Which is so crazy if you think about it. It's so, you know, what's so funny, Kristen, is that like, I so know exactly, I mean, Leanne, hopefully this isn't offensive to you because it's not true. What I'm about to say is not true. But like, I so know where you're at because I do it too. And Mm -hmm. every time that I'm like creating something that really is speaking to me, I'm like, I hope Leanne listens to this one. (laughs) (laughs) You should just tell me. You should just call me or text me and go, I just did one just for you, babe. (laughs) For you. Hey, here's the good thing about life is that we're all imperfect. I know. We all have places where we don't know what we're doing or we don't know what we're doing as well as we do in other places. We all have strengths and weaknesses. I am no exception for sure. And um, that's one of my big Achilles heels is the needs and some, I guess, somewhat the boundaries because, you know, I do have boundaries, but some of them are very relaxed. And so maybe... Good news about this is that you can experiment just with little teeny intentional things. You don't, this is not an aircraft carrier that is going to take a long time to turn around. If you change your side of the dance, even just one little thing at a time, one little need and boundary at a time, Mm -hmm. it will shift everything. It just will. It's not, it does not have to be, it doesn't have to be any bigger than just deciding, you know what, this one I can do. I can set this one boundary and keep it and then see what happens. You know, I'm really glad you said that because I am what my therapist calls a fire hoser. I turn on the hose and go, I get it all done. And sometimes if I feel like I can't do that, I feel like it can't be done. Yeah. So I'm really glad you said that, not just for me, but for other people who probably feel things that I feel that can see that you can just do one little bitty intention, one little bitty boundary, one little bitty need and build it on top of of each other until it changes. Yeah. That's really good. I'm glad you said that. Thank you very much. It's funny that it comes up because the pillar that you skipped, (laughs) the assignment is to set a small boundary. (laughs) And and here's the other thing, Leanne. (laughs) I keep trying to tell this story in like our content and Kristen keeps cutting it out. So Kristen, I apologize. I'm going to, I'm gonna, Kristen's going to have to, what story it is. Kristen's going to have to like, no, like, wait, it's the chewing gum purse. Oh, story. it's the chewing Kristen's gum. It's going to have to like come in and clean up the mess that I'm about to create. <laughs> okay. I hate it when people dig through my purse. I hate it. It pisses me off. I don't like it at all. And my kids one of them in particular are always getting gum out of my purse. And there was just this day where I was like, why do I keep doing this? Like, why do I keep letting them do this? And it's because it feels like crappy to be irritated by that. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And so there's just a day where I was like, no, that's a boundary that I can set. Like that's a small boundary that I can set that it's totally acceptable to go. That is my purse. That's my private belongings. I don't think it's appropriate for you to dig in people's purses. End of story. Don't do it. Period. Like that's a small boundary that you can set. That's how tiny we're talking about. Kristen can come in and clean this up now. (laughs) No, I just didn't want to use it as like a, it was in a place of something that like mattered and it does seem But it, I think that's a really great point for that. Like, it doesn't have to be something huge and big. Just practice. Right. Like, 
deciding like this, I'm going to try to get this need met. I'm going to find some way, you know, to get this need met or just set this boundary, you know, just, you know, whatever it is so that you can be like, give yourself a win. Yeah. And it matters. Like it matters that your kids see you doing that and that they then have permission to go, you know what? Like, I don't, I don't have to explain to anybody why I don't like it when people are in my purse. I I don't have to justify that. Like it's my purse. I'm done. And that's, something that kids should see their parents doing. Like, I don't have to justify any of my boundaries. Like I really just don't. And that is one of them that I don't have to apologize for. I don't have to, it's just done. Like, I don't like it done. Right, right, right. Like, it sounds like the laundry one for you almost would be like a pretty Mm -hmm. easy one just because it happens every single week. And like, you can give the warning Right. Be different this week, guys. If you don't, you know what I mean. And yeah, then yeah. I mean, you get to decide what it is. But there are no, always lots that's of chances. A good place to start. Good place mm-hmm. to start that one. And then, um, yeah, that's a good place to start to just say, if I get it, I'm asking one time. If I get it, I get it. If I don't, you're doing it. Because think what happens. You just said I'm asking one time. So mm-hmm. if you actually do that, now mm-hmm. it's not about the laundry. It's about right. asking one time. Right. Now you mean what you say if you really do that. And the next time it's something else and you're going to say, I'm asking one time. That's why it really matters to start doing it because then your word, you know, then there, any boundary is going to be stronger. Right. And it will feel good to you. Like there's going to be a snowball effect because it feels good. Because I have to tell you, like when I just made that one shift, there were like five or six things that were all really small, but they were small little irritations. Like kids playing with my phone when we're in the car and changing music drives me batty. Can't stand it. Like a bunch of little tiny things like that, that just all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I get to like, just say no on this. Like, it's not, a, it's not a fight. It's not like, they're not being punished. I'm not mad at them. There's nothing punitive right. about it. Just right. like, no, no, I'm done. And it fe- it's like just an act of self-care that feels good. Right. Right. I hate that too. But that's an interesting one for you, Leanne, when you think about the laundry, because like there's a, there was a lot of stuff wrapped up in that. Like it wasn't done for you as a kid. And it felt like, like a deprivation in a way. So there's, and that's why I always think conversations, I mean, you don't have to do the conversation for the boundary, but I just think eventually it's kind of interesting for your kids to like hear, like Mm -hmm. you may just think it's laundry. Like this had a whole big thing. I was doing, this made me feel like a good mom. Yeah, you know, but like I, now it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yes, my neighbor across the street, Becky, who was my best friend, her mom did everybody's laundry, and she had four kids, and I did my own laundry, and I just thought it was such an expression of love and care that she did mm-hmm. everybody's laundry. She stacked them in their own piles. They picked up their piles and took them to their room, and that's what I do. I do everybody's laundry. I stack them in a pile for everybody, and they take them and put them away. And I just thought that's that's. Margie, Becky's mom, was a, one of one of my most important roadmaps to what a loving mom was. Um, yeah. And that was one of the things that she did. Hello. Okay, so he's been trying I to hear. whisper something to me. And one of the things was, can I have candy? That was one of the things. What was the answer? <laughs> I went, no. <laughs> you know that it's not even lunch. He can't hear you. Oh, he can't hear. That's right. <laughs> what were you coming to ask? You know, so uh, the other day I was on the phone with Kristen and we're in different time zones and my kids were still sleeping and he woke up and he came and snuggled next to me, snuggled next to me and he goes, you're the best. 
but I didn't hear it. And Kristen did. I heard it. She's like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. (laughs) Anyway, you guys didn't hear that, did you? We did not. He said, you're the best mommy. You're the best mom that ever was. And you're way better than any other mommies. Especially. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. (laughs) He said, especially the one in the black shirt. Yeah. He was like, that woman is like not doing well. (laughs) She's off in a ditch. Off in a ditch somewhere. Somebody needs to come in and help her. No, he asked me if he could play on his iPad. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. Well, thanks for the chat today, ladies. I learned something for about myself. Um, I need to, to start setting some small boundaries. I like the, um, oh, I'm going to mess it up. The um, responsibilities, privileges was the third one. Rights, responsibilities, and privileges. I like yeah. that a lot. So if you would send that to me. I would we will, that. and we'll put it on. For if any of your viewers want it, we'll put it on McDermottMethandosh.com slash W-O-T-P. We'll put it there too so that awesome. they can Thank grab you. it. But Does wait, you can't go quite yet because I have one thing I wanted to say. Yes. Before my son came over. You know, you were talking about like Becky. It was Becky, Becky's mom or Becky? Becky's mom. Was, yeah. I think it's like also an interesting conversation to have with your kids. What are the things that you consider an act of love? Like what are other parents doing? that you're like, that's, that's an act of love. Or what do I do that you love? Yeah, that is a great thing to know, right? Yes. I mean, to have it like add to your list of shit to do, but, but that's a fun conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a great conversation because everybody views love differently, you know? Um, And what I, I feel is love is very different than what Bert feels is love. So that is a really good conversation to have because I did look around my childhood looking for love and, um, there were a few women who showed me how to do that, you know, not my mom, but there yeah. were other women in my life. My dad's second wife and Becky's mom, Margie and my aunt Phyllis. And I was like, Oh, that's what you do. That's how you do that. You know? Yeah. Point. For me, it was picking my kid. Like if you had a parent who could come to school and pick you up at the end of the day, like Same. that, that was a big deal. And so it's always like I have a little bit of panic when I can't pick my kids up mm-hmm. because I like that matters so much to me, but I don't know if they even give a crap. Like for a long time, they were like, we want to stay in aftercare at school. Like it's fun. There's kids to play with. Well, that's what we want to do. And right. so what I was like, you know, being there right at three wasn't, it wasn't translating to them the way that it was to me. I had that too. Someone, I walked home from school every day. I was a latchkey yeah. kid, like a so lot of kids in the eighties. 70s and 80s. So, um, yeah, I was the same way. I was there every day. And then one day, Isla was like, I think I'm going to start walking home. I was like, that's fine. But then inside, I was like, ah. I know. (laughs) I know. I mean, man, those kids, when I was growing up, if they had a parent to pick them up from school, that was like, first of all, you have to be the richest family in the world. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way. And I grew up with a single parent. So she was working all the time. Same here. This is so funny that this is happening because if if you saw me just get distracted, it's because my daughter's at school and my husband's not there. And she's like, is anyone coming to get me? I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God. God. We'll wrap it up. Okay, (laughs) let's wrap it up. Well, thank you, ladies. And we'll do our day drinking podcast another time. Thank you, ladies. Have a great day. (laughs) You too. Bye. Bye. I think that we should